Hello everyone and welcome back to the Mystery Theory Podcast. If you are listening to this podcast today on Sunday, thank you for being here today. I appreciate your support. If you're listening to the podcast on Wednesday on the YouTube channel, thank you so much for being there. I would appreciate if you are watching on YouTube, if you leave a rating for this podcast, and if you leave a comment down below. I also would appreciate if you're listening in whatever app that you're listening to this podcast, if you could leave a review. It totally helps the podcast to be more surge friendly. In any ways, I thank you for being here today. And we're going to talk about the Valo case. The Valo case is a 2020 case. And it couldn't have happened in any other year. I feel like the Valo case is as weird as 2020 has been for most of us. And this is the world. I'm not even talking about the U.S. But there's a lot of new things coming out. This has been requested. And I could sit here and give you all the details of all the different characters and people involved in the story. But I think they're kind of irrelevant at this point. Because this is an active investigation. They are going to court. They're going to be tried as, you know, in the same trial. They're not going to be separated. So whatever one did, the other one would also kind of be connected to it. And um, that sounds like a terrible thing for Chad Daybell. I always call people by the first name. And I was listening to Nancy Drew the other day in her podcast. Just like, don't talk like Chad, like see your buddy, like you know, do you play cards with him or something? She made like a kind of interesting remark, um, and I thought, oh my goodness, that's totally me. I called him by the first name, <laughs> but anyways, um, so there's new information coming out as we speak, but I'm gonna try to give you like the bigger picture, and I'm gonna try to paint a picture of this family, people they were involved with, what's going on right now. And again, there will be more kind of updated information as I'm sharing this with you and probably in the following days. So don't take it like a an absolute truth. This is what we know according to what the police is sharing with us today. So Let's talk about Lori Vallow because I feel like right now she's always looking like the the evil mother, like I'm a terrible person. The, okay, and I'm not saying she's not, if you consider her that, but there was a time when Lori Vallow was described as a good mom and, uh, you know, like her children were the center of her world, her number one priority, um, you know, in and even one of the friends said in one of those interviews that they did that they believed that if there was a parent out there ready for a new, um, you know, member of the family and even with some kind of a special needs or something, they would 
think of Lori because of how loving she was and how her kids were her priority. Although she was not a hundred percent, you know, those moms that you see that are always mm, kind of um, concentrated or focused on their children. Like she had a few husbands and a few guys in her life. And that's okay. She was looking for her own you know, partner and somebody who to share her life with. So nobody's judging, but kind of those things were going on at the same time. In the year 2015, Lori was married to Charles Vallow. And they were raising two kids. Tylee, who was Lori's teenage daughter from a previous marriage, and their adoptive son, JJ, who was Charles' sister, biological grandson. And Charles' sister's name is Kay Woodcock. And JJ was, I don't know if it was too much for, you know, the, the, the his parents or what the deal was, or if they had some kind of problems and they took this kid from him, from them, I don't know. But I do know that Kay Woodcock, which is the grandma of this little boy, loved him very much and was very happy to know that her brother, Charles, and at the time, his new wife, they were adopting JJ, who was a super sweet boy with special needs. He was autistic and had a very, I mean, he was very hard to take care of. And according, well, so Lori, according to the people that knew her, was kind of the perfect fit for this special needs child. And he was so sweet and so special that even Tylee developed a very special and close relationship with JJ. Uh, There is a few video clips where she calls him her son, uh, even fighting with... uh, her own mom about whose son JJ was. But apparently to my research in 2017, everything changed. Lori started to read this series of books by Chad Daybell. Charles was a former grave digger, which should tell you something from the get-go, who actually became a novelist and had his own podcast. He was also known as a cult leader. Leader, You know, that's, let's add that at the end to give you the punch. Yeah. He appealed to, according to, there was this police talking about um, this in particular. He said that he appealed to the proper side of people, preparing them for the gloom and doom of this world that was apparently coming soon. I mean, we were all going to die in July 2020. Chad believed that he had a lot of previous lives, which I don't know if that's what Mormons think, but he was a Mormon, that he was kind of expelled. You're like, okay, you cannot be our friend anymore because you're kind of weird. Not sure how that happened, but his beliefs differ from what the Mormon church believed or believes, I should say. And um, he started saying that he took that he could talk to angels, spit it out. 
and read light and dark auras. Okay, so apparently the sky was the whole deal, you know? He believed that some people here in this earth were zombies, that their souls had left and that demons took over their bodies. And in order to release the spirits stuck inside those physical bodies, they had to physically die. Okay, so he believed that people died on their insides and that they were zombies because since they were dead, they were possessed by these demons. And then in order to release their spirits, they had to physically die. So if they were dead already, wouldn't their spirits left with them? And it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of interesting that he believed that, but he's also contradicting himself to what he, kind of, on the way that he explained that it works. So, in 2018, to make things worse, Lori met Chad in person, and they clicked. She was a fan of his writing and theories, and he liked Lori, although he was a married man, so apparently he, yeah, let's not talk about that yet. Soon after she was with him in the podcast and saying that she was a supernatural being sent by God to lead the 144,000 chosen to the millennium, which it's a long story, but it's a cult. So, you get my idea. I don't think you really want to learn about that cult. I think life's too short. But just so you have an idea, that's what they believed. And she also believed, not sure it's so much though, but she believed that her mission was to eliminate the darkness in the world, which to her it was a demonic. And she believed her husband was one of them. Okay. Remember, husband is Charles still at the time, who she believed was an evil one. She believed that he was already dead and that his body was possessed by a demon, which is, you know, this guy's theory. And not only she believed that, but she also told her husband Charles about it. Very casually, I assume that she would like, oh, Charles, you know, you're dead and there's a demon inside of you. Which she did say that to him because he got so scared at one point that he even called the police on her. He was not only concerned about his own safety, but the children's safety. There's some uh, footage of a body cam, a police officer's body cam, that where he is telling, Charles is telling the officer that he... That she threatened to murder him. Now, sometime in 2019, Charles Vallow changed the beneficiary of his life insurance and to his sister, Kay Woodcock, who is JJ's biological biological grandmother. And it was for $1 million. And he feared that Lori would want to kill him to keep that money. And not only that... But I think he, even if he had to go through it, like I, I believe that the guy thought, well, even if they kill me, I don't want her to get anything. I want my sister to manage that money and make sure that the kids 
have enough of everything. But he then decides to file for a divorce after 13 years of marriage. He claimed that he was scared of Lori, can't blame the guy. He reported her twice that same year. And he told the police that she is psychologically gone. Now, the authorities didn't do, or at least they couldn't do much, really, with that information. On July 11th, Charles went to Lori's home in Chandler, Chandler, Arizona, to pick up JJ and take him to school. In the house, he found Lori, JJ, Tylee, and Alex Cox, which is Lori's brother. Now, Lori's brother is more like a bulldog-looking, mixed with a pit bull and a Rottweiler. And he was described as the protective guy over her, his sister. So, And so he goes to go pick up JJ to take him to school. But an hour later, Charles Fallow was shot in the chest by Alex. Then Alex calls 911 and reports it. Now, I don't know if you heard that 911 call. You can look it up. It's available. But it's awkward. He's not sure if, you know, Charles is breathing. No CPR. He's saying that he's doing, he's not doing anything. Um, he doesn't know how to, I mean, the guy is talking to the 911 um, dispatcher like he was talking to, I don't know, something, I don't know, somebody over toilet paper. I mean, I know toilet paper is right now very famous, but it used to be just toilet paper one day in the good old days. So you listen to this conversation you're like, oh my gosh, the guy is totally okay with what he did. So when the police arrive, they Alex told them that Lori and Charles got into a fight. He said that Charles was getting physical with her and that it was uh, it kind of got out of hand. And so the police asked him what were they fighting about? And he was not being clear. But he says that at that point highly got out of her room with a bat and that Charles took it from her and hit Alex in the back of the head. So he went to his room and grabbed a gun and shot him. Now the officer asked, you know, where are the kids at this point? And he said, well, they were outside. And according to him, Lori was in another room, which is pretty weird because if my kids are in danger or I think my kids are in danger... I would be with my kids. I wouldn't be hiding in another room. If this guy Charles is so dangerous, then I mean, wouldn't you? Then um, heard the shots and Lori got out of the house um, and kind of walked by Charles' Charles body. So at that point, when she saw her husband laying on the floor, dead she thought oh my goodness it's gonna be late for school 
Well, I don't know if she thought of that, but she took JJ to school and came back to Tylee. So when she came back, she talked to the police. Remember, we're at that point, and this is all that um, the brother is telling to the police. The police said that she had no emotions. Like, the police asked, Lori, how long have you lived here? And she said, you know, three weeks. And as the neighbors were kind of, you know, looking to see what was going on and the police there, uh, she started to apologize to neighbors for the commotion. Are you freaking kidding me right now? I'm sorry. My husband is dead. He was trying to kill my children. Go back to bed. It's fine. We're all okay. Okay. This is where it gets to the point that it doesn't really make sense in my head. Now, Lori, Alex, and Tylee were sent to the police station. They all told a similar story, so they went right back home. And the police said that it was self-defense, basically. Then Lori calls Tylee's school and said that her husband committed suicide, which it was not true. And the police found out very quickly that he actually didn't commit suicide, but he was actually killed by her brother. Um, and But why lie? I mean, he was gone for two weeks, came back, and now dead, shot by her brother. It doesn't make sense. But a month later, she emailed the school to let them know that they were moving to California and that was taking the kids out of school to basically homeschool them. On September 1st, 2019, Lori, Tylee, and JJ moved to Rexburg, Idaho, which is not far from Chad's home. Alex Cox, okay, the guy that killed Charles allegedly in self-defense, also moved into the same complex, um, I guess in another unit. At that moment, the problem begins or the problems started with Tylee and it was getting bad I mean and Lori started to call Tylee a zombie in the spring of 2019 she even told one of her friends about it she described Tylee to her friend April as a dark spirit. It is believed that Tylee spent her last day alive at Yellowstone National Park with Lori, JJ, and Alex, her uncle. The police was able to paint a picture and route of this day because of Alex's cell phone leaving behind kind of a digital map. Apparently they did it through his GPS they were following that GPS and according to this digital map around 6.45 p.m. they left Yellowstone and drove back to the apartment then he went back to his own apartment again this is going by that digital map then he went to Lori's house at 2.45 a.m. stays for a couple of hours and then goes back to his apartment 
At 9 a.m. the next morning, he was in Chad Daybell's backyard and stayed there for about two hours. At 11.53 a.m., he left and Chad texted his wife, Tammy, about a new grave in the pet cemetery. He said something like, well, I've had an interesting morning. I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I I hurried and got my gun. One shot did the trick. He's now in our pet cemetery. Fun times. Apparently, two weeks later, it was JJ's turn. Melanie Gibb and her boyfriend, David Horwig, were staying with Lori in Rexburg. They both testified to this. You have to remember that they were also members of this cult, I guess. Um, They were attending different, uh, different conferences and things. So they were staying with her. And... They both testified that on September 22nd at around 9 p.m., Lori, Melanie, and David were recording a podcast in Lori's kitchen. At that time, Alex showed up with JJ. He was carrying him because he was asleep, so he took him to his bed. The next morning, he was nowhere to be found. So Lori explained that he was being a zombie and climbing on the cabinet's fridge and even smash her picture of Christ. Then got in between the top cabinets and the ceiling. She said that he was out of control and that nobody could see him. Following Alex's map, we learned that he was at Chad Daybell's backyard at 9.55 a.m. and stayed for 17 minutes. Roughly a month after JJ's uh, death, Chad's wife, Tammy Daybell, died mysteriously in her sleep. Two weeks later, Chad and Laurie were in Hawaii and already married. By the time they went back to Rexburg, JJ's grandmother, Kay Woodcock, notified the police She tried for weeks to contact the children. Lori always had an excuse. So November 26, 2019, police went to check on the kids. She tells the officer that people is out out to get her. That, you know, that they're always trying to track her. That talking about her her husband switched the life insurance policy to his sister's name as beneficiary. And that she got nothing to raise JJ. And then she says he's in Arizona with one of her friends, Melanie. The same Melanie that was at her house and wondering where JJ was. And she said that he was a zombie, remember? The police called Melanie, but she wasn't home, so they went back to Lori. She said, well, they were going to go watch Frozen 2. So the officer asks... Lori, do get in touch with Melanie and have her call him back because he did leave a message. 
So of course that Lori calls Melanie and explained that she lied to the police officer and that she should tell him that they were out watching Frozen 2. And to actually take a picture of kids running from behind and send it to the police. She told Melanie that she needed her to lie because she was hiding him from his grandmother, Kay Woodcock, who was trying to kidnap him. Twelve days later, she calls Chad and Lori and and records the conversation. She asked, she asked them, is JJ safe? Lori tells her that he is safe and happy. So Melanie explains how worried she is because they're missing. And she says she knows where they are and that they are perfectly fine. So Lori said, I'm going to quote her. I don't know why you're being controversial to me or if you are recording this conversation for the police or whatever. I don't know what your intention is on this phone call. But I love you with all my heart and I have forever. And I will always love you. So Melanie said, quote, I appreciate those words, but if you really love me, you wouldn't have told the police that I had JJ with me. That's not, that's not what a friend does. So at that point, she handed the conversation recorder to the police and started looking for both Tylee and JJ because at that point, the only one being reported as missing with was JJ. The couple left and went to Hawaii. This is Lori and her new husband, Chad. While everyone else in 2020 was looking for these kids. I mean, at this point, on January 25th, she was actually formally served an order to produce Tylee and JJ within five days. She decided to ignore it and was arrested on the island of Kauai on child abandonment charges. So you have to remember that the police can only charge her for what they have enough proof of. And Chad decided to go back home. The police followed Alex's uh, cell phone map. And on June 9th, 2020, they searched Chad's property. They started by removing a top layer of earth on a 4 by 2 patch of grass that was shorter than the rest. They pulled up the sod and topsoil and revealed three large flat white rocks. Beneath the rocks, they found thin pieces of wood paneling below that layer of pla- up a layer of plastic. They cut a hole and they found brown human hair. A small body tightly wrapped in black plastic covered in duct tape. And later on, it was confirmed that that was JJ. They searched another area that the family called the Pet Cemetery, where allegedly Chad buried this animal that he shot. They dug up a dog, cat, and then they found a melted bucket.
Under it, it was a human skull. And it was Tylee's. Tylee got the worst part, being dismembered and burned. So Chad Babel was arrested that same day. So where is the genius that led us there? Alex Cox, the one leaving the digital map through his GPS. At that point, he was dead. He had died six months prior in what they believe was natural causes. Lori and Chad Dable were charged with conspiracy to commit destruction in alteration or concealment of evidence. Most people believe that Chad was the one behind it. Other things she's responsible because if in fact she wasn't involved, why lie? Why not wonder where your children are? Why not reporting them missing? I know myself that like right now the kids are doing something across the street and you know, I am um, right now my my Wi-Fi turned off. It's super terrible, but at least I can send messages through Messenger. And I, I, I am kind of worried because my internet turned off and I can't see messages or I can't text them right now. They're across the street. But it's just one of those things that I think most parents have that sense of, where are my children? So it makes sense. It makes sense. It really does make sense that she would look for her kids, report them missing if she really honestly has no idea of what's going on with her children. And I mentioned this in another video. I was listening to this podcast with Nancy Grace. I think it's her podcast. And... She was saying, no matter who did it, if you knew, you're responsible. You did it too, if you knew what really happened. So even if Alex did it, you know, Lori is as responsible. And Chad is as responsible. Most people believe that Alex did it. That's why we have that digital map and that alleged, you know, then after Yellowstone, he killed Tylee. And then two weeks later, when Melanie was visiting, they killed JJ. But, I mean, it only makes sense that he did it. But, was Alex only trying to please Lori? At this point, the police started to examine, or exhume, I should say, um, Chad's wife, the one that died of natural causes, because there's too many people dying of natural causes or self-defense around this family and this people. And now they reopened the case in Arizona where Charles was, you know, considered that they killed in self-defense. They're trying to charge Lori with conspiracy to murder Maybe all she wanted was his money. And again, you don't have to actually pull the trigger to be responsible for somebody's death. So you always have to be careful who you're hanging out with. 
on what people are telling you. Because just because you know how to keep a secret doesn't mean that you won't be held responsible for it. I mean, she did call the insurance company to file a claim. And then she learned that she was in the beneficiary. She was so mad that she even mentioned it to the police. I mean, can you believe that? So maybe, yeah, she wanted Charles dead for the money. But what about the children? Were they a liability? Was Tylee trying to talk to the police? Maybe she wanted to talk about how Charles was actually a murderer and not self-defense. Now, if they find him, and I'm talking about Chad Daybell, um, guilty of what he's being charged with, he will face about 20 years in prison, and Lori up to 10 years in prison. And, and that is the latest that I could find, legally speaking. Which blows my mind. And I am not a lawyer. And I'm not in law enforcement. So yeah, maybe I'm not familiar with the sentencing and the, the what they can get. But I'm sure that everyone is as or more upset than I am in the legal system with this couple. The disregard that they moved on with their lives without even blinking without even thinking about this innocent children that because they were not fitting into your agenda into your plans into well guess what once you have children they're your children so you make up your agenda around your children and if you don't want to there's always something you can do you can give them up. You can give them up to a family member. You can give them up to somebody you trust. You can give them up to CPS. You don't have to put up with your children if you really absolutely hate them. If you think they're zombies, if you think that they're going to ruin your life, if you think that they're going to ruin your marriage, if you think that now they're too much work and I'd rather spend it with my creep husband, my creep husband who can read auras and who can tell me who is a zombie who had several lives and who, um, I don't know, it blows my mind. They got away with Charles. They did. They got away with it. You know, it was claimed self-defense. Okay, so, okay, fair. But then thinking and getting cocky enough to think that they were going to get away with killing these children really blows my mind. Didn't they think somebody was going to miss those kids? It is unbelievable that they thought that nobody would notice that these children were dead. I can assure you that I can see that in her face. 
It's just, it, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable that these people thought that they could get away with this. It's ridiculous. It's not even unbelievable. It's ridiculous. And the way that, you know, they were disposed of like garbage. Tiley in the horrible way that she was dismembered. It's like, what are we talking about here? And yes, I heard, and again, this is an unofficial version because this is something that's going on right now. But I've heard that Tylee was going to say something. Um, that she was going to either go to the police or that she was tired of, or maybe that she felt uneasy since her mother told her and told her friend that she was a zombie and she knew that her mom believed that Charles was a zombie and then Alex killed Charles allegedly in self-defense but she knew how zombies would end so I don't know I don't know maybe you know maybe she was afraid for her life Maybe she was intimidating her mom and saying, Mom, get it together or, you know, I'm going to have to say something because maybe you're losing your mind. Maybe you are, maybe you need help. And there was something that was said in a podcast about, like, Tylee um, taking the wars, like her body dismemberment and everything because of how personal and how mad they were at her for kind of uh, trying to speak up and say something now i have no evidence of that as i don't have evidence of anything else but you know information that is readily available to everyone on the web and different podcasts and interviews and and everything but I think we must conclude with the um, moral of the story or, I don't know, with something, I guess, in this case, that kind of exposes how dangerous cults are and how dangerous is the effects of somebody that it's being brainwashed. And that is so powerful and it's so dangerous that you can even convince somebody or make believe somebody that um, they need to die in order to move on and yes July 2020 came and went and sadly lots of people lost their lives in July 2020 because of what we're living today the reality that we live on today or in today but it didn't, the world didn't end. The millennium, whatever she believed, didn't happen. She's not leading the hundreds of thousands of people she believed she was going to lead. But you look at her 
in court or you look at her in those clips where she I assume they had some kind of a zoom call or something like that but um, you look at her and she has the same straight face that she did at the time so how can you still believe is that a defense mechanism to not fall down and basically say oh my goodness what did I do to my children um, how can I deserve to go to heaven when I'm a murderer I don't know she has the same face like I did it because I know better than you guys you're a bunch of idiots and I know better because I am a spiritual being sent by God and I'm like the world didn't end lady we're still all here you're stuck in jail get it together it wasn't real and you did this terrible thing thinking that it was now people keep saying that they have this weird connection and relationship even though they're in different prisons to me I just can't believe that she'd still want to pursue a relationship with this guy who basically murdered her children and brainwashed her into doing that. And it kind of speaks to the mental fragility that we have of, oh my goodness, I mean, I can brainwash this lady. It maybe, maybe she had some kind of a mental illness, maybe she had some kind of weakness that he preyed on, but. How did they have to go to remove that motherly instinct of protecting their children no matter what? How did they have to go? So their last day as a family in Yellowstone, entirely horribly murdered, buried. And two weeks later, JJ. And then them going up and down and just going to Hawaii and looking tan and, uh, you know, like tourists and... I mean, how sick do you have to be? Maybe they're truly sick. Maybe this is not just plain evil, but it's a sickness. I really don't know. I don't have any of those answers for you. And I guess we won't have any of those answers, you know, and after this plays out. It doesn't look good for Chad. And it doesn't look good for any of them, really. Because now they're going to be tried together. And according to Nancy Grace, which is a lawyer, uh, that's, that's the worst thing that could have happened to them. So I will be on top of this case kind of keeping tabs on things, new things, listening different podcasts and lawyers speak about it, just kind of see what they, what we're able to see from this court dates. And in the end, I'll make another episode and we'll go over everything that they shared during the trial. And we'll see where it takes us.
So it started in 2019, but we all learn about it in 2020. Avalo kids, I think, became our kids. I think we all said a little prayer in our hearts so they could be found. I think we all had hope that they were alive in a bunker somewhere. I think of all, all of us united in this feeling, especially now with 2020 pandemic. Just overall, so many terrible things and that we, I think we all were hoping for a good outcome and we got kind of the opposite. I can't even begin to imagine what their families must feel like, these kids. It's a terrible story overall. Please, I want to know what you think about this case and anything that you'd like to add to the information I shared with you today. Already in the comments, we can keep chatting there. You know, you guys know I've been very, very active on the comments. Um, so please make sure you don't leave without just sharing your thoughts about this case and adding something if you want to. Thank you so much for being here today, guys. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.